Hello, I'm an adult. And I'm young. And you're listening to Young Adult. Where we're reading through Mistborn, The Final Empire by Brandon Sanderson. Today we're covering chapter 32. I stride in the room all young and hip. So our Lord Ruler diary entry here, which I guess are, are continuing despite us having the, the characters in universe having run out long ago. Um, we didn't get to read it though, so yeah, makes sense. Uh, so this one talks a little bit about the the different cultures of the Terrasmen and Clenium. And I, I found this interesting because the, I mean, in retrospect, this seems obvious, but the, the Clenny culture is the modern final empire culture they wear suits and they have cathedrals it's, it's apparently we, we, we were making the comparison between the keeps that these lords have in cathedrals yeah way back and apparently it's actually an in-universe comparison because he describes the amazing stained glass windows and broad halls of the cathedrals uh so in universe they've actually copied cathedrals yeah um so that's what he modeled his empire on yeah so i mean it makes sense because that's where he's from, but uh, I found that interesting. Whereas the the terrace men wear furs and skins, which those savages. Well, it it definitely reinforces my tendency to picture them as Native American. Yeah. Which or, well, I I kind of I kind of go back and forth between like, I, I sometimes picture them as kind of like, Incan or something, because of the the earrings, which I know isn't what their earrings look like, but you know those big earrings that. Yeah, I know. Incans wore. Uh, but that's also kind of Native American, Native um, South American, anyway. Um, so the actual chapter, the beginning of the chapter is kind of dull. Well, okay, so I found Vin sneaks up on Spook, the amazing Tidai. I mean, does she like scare him? Though? Yeah, she does. <laughs> he jumps in shock when she arrives. I guess he was doing that focusing thing he talks about later. I guess. I mean, you would think. The purpose of him being on watch is to look out for people sneaking around. Yeah, or maybe maybe he heard her down there and didn't realize that it was Vin coming to jump up. Maybe. So that the jump, her jumping in and of itself actually scared him rather than her landing next to him. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Apparently Spook is actually the best Tinai in the group. Yeah, because he's been practicing since he was five and he's now mm. my age. I think he's 14. Yeah, I think that's right. So, that's really not that long. It's like nine years. I guess. I suppose maybe <laughs> just practicing since you were a child reinforces it. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way. I keep forgetting how young these characters are. Yeah, Vin is like 16, 17. And then I have no I have no gauge on the rest of the group, but I imagine they're in their like 20s or 30s. Yeah, presumably. Like, I don't imagine any of them are, like, that old. But then again, I don't know. Because Clubs could be, like... Isn't he, like, a gnarled yeah, old cl- man? Yeah, clubs, clubs is older, all right. But is he old, or is he just gnarled? I don't know. With yeah. work. Because he's, like... You know, he's, he's like a... Carpenter. He's a carpenter, so he'd, like, physical labor and stuff. I guess. I don't know if that would make you look older. I don't know, like scars and the, the the yeah. Well, when I when I thought he was a 
like a blacksmith. That would have made sense because like the the fumes and the heat. I could see that making you kind of gnarled, but I don't know. I mean, people associated with like physical labor and stuff are often thought of as being more aged. Yeah, well, like when outdoor it comes to, like, labor, they got the sun on them. Like you that's know, that's going to age weathered. a bit. But I don't think being a carpenter would. I don't know. Um, regardless, then again, I'm sure everyone looks aged in this world. Everyone that isn't a noble. Well, yeah, they're all shriveled little goblins, aren't they? <laughs> in your mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they chat about the pitched battle which is taking place. Yeah. Um, Keep Hasting is being... It seems like it's being destroyed. Just completely by obliterated. By Ilarial soldiers. Um, so this is where we learned that there's been a time skip. It, I'm, I'm not sure if we get an exact number on how far long this time skip has been, but... Seems like uh, maybe a few weeks. Yeah, well, it clearly a lot has happened. Yeah. We're told that three entire great houses were no more, and the rest were seriously weakened. I'm not sure if they're counting... I think they're counting the one we already knew about that I cannot remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure if they're counting Keep Hastings, which is, like, in the process of being destroyed at this moment. Well, I mean, Kelsey later says Keep Hastings is falling, so I assume they're counting that. Uh, well, that was, like, after, where, when presumably it had fallen. Yeah, but, like, I mean, it's literally, like, ten minutes later. Yeah, that's so true. I, that's I would, true. Maybe they are counting that. So I guess we've maybe missed one house having fallen. Do you remember who was in in House Hastings? We knew, we knew somebody from House Hastings, and I think... No. Might have... <laughs> was... Well, one of Kelsey's friends was in Hastings. I can't remember which one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this Do is... Do you mean Alain's friends? Yeah, sorry, a lens friend. I was like, wait, Kelsier's friends, the nobles? <laughs> well, he does have those uh, people he talks to, but no, I don't think any of them were in Hastings. And I don't think any of them he would consider friends. <laughs> well, no. His whole aim is to just murder everyone. Yeah. Or kind of. Yeah, so then she, um, she, kind, think, of, yeah, she kind of looks at Spook and she's like, so, you know I'm, I'm done with the lend, right? And he's like, yeah, all hopeful. And then he's like, yeah, I still love him. You mean nothing? No, she doesn't say that. Yeah, well, she she more or less does say, and not you. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you can't help you you're attracted to, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, you just suck, Spook. Just once more, just trashing that love triangle. Even though, apparently, Spook is, like, a, a much bigger deal than I had realized. That's the, the group's best tin-eye. Yeah, and he seems nice as well. Yeah, he, he honestly comes across really well in this chapter. Yeah. He takes it pretty well. Mm. And then... He, she asks to keep the handkerchief because it means so much. Mm. Which <laughs> just, seems a bit vain. Yeah. To me. Well, yeah, I don't know what to think of that. Really. I mean, maybe it's her trying to be nice, maybe. or maybe maybe that that handkerchief is vindication. Vindication. Yeah. <laughs> I I th- I think I think I think she was genuinely flattered, but <sighs> more in kind yeah, of like we'll, a, we'll see. I I do seem to remember her going off to. Says it and being like, ha, I never go get with him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, isn't this handkerchief funny? Yeah, although, uh, as I said, I, I, it really it does seem like he's being built up a bit more in this chapter, so. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a turnaround on that. Um, among the things that Spook does that is slightly impressive in this chapter is he figures out that the Lord Ruler seems to actually want there to be a house war. Which is something 
Kelsier has commented on, I think. Yeah, we we had they had talked a bit about like the Lord Ruler doesn't necessarily hate House Wars because they weaken the nobles who are kind of the biggest threat to him. Yeah. Um so they they basically they basically conclude that the Lord Ruler is even deliberately taking his time bringing the garrison back just to let this but play maybe out. not taking that long because it, there is mention of how they might be back within a few weeks mm, yeah yeah but like they were never they weren't only ever a few weeks travel away i mean right i feel like they were like months travels away or something well uh at, at the end of this chapter we, we may <laughs> they may be able to be taking a bit longer yeah they might have a bit of distraction or maybe we'll find out what those other things are the other thing I can't remember. Oh the name. yeah, the ja- the monster things. Yeah, yeah, that they can't bring to Luthadel because they're too dangerous. Yeah, I cannot remember the name of that for the life of me. Me neither. But they, yeah, the, those 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 things that things. we're really interested in finding out about. <laughs> yeah, like I am genuinely curious about what those things are, but I just mm. cannot remember the name. Yeah, uh, he also gives Vin some tips on being a better Tinai. Yeah, he just says when you're a Tinai and you can sense everything so vibrantly, it's more important to be able to focus on one. Mm, yeah, you got to learn how to block out the distractions that it brings with it, which is, you know, it fits with what we've seen of, of Tin Eyes. But, yeah. And Vin is uh, like, ah, yes, I get you. Yeah. In kind of a vague way. And then Kelsey arrives. Yep, so Kelsey shows up and takes Vin off to meet with Marsh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they they ha- they take a stop first. Yeah, well, as they're strolling, oddly, Kelsier tries to persuade Vin that maybe Elend wasn't so bad after all. He's like, oh, you know, maybe he just wanted you out of the city, which we know to be the truth. And she's like, nah, I think he figured out that I was some kind of spy. He probably thought I was a spy for another house. So well, I she does he- she does funnily say, I don't think he knew I was a ska when we know from his perspective that he's like, oh my gosh, he's a ska. Yeah, well, in fairness, when they talked, he didn't know that. He only figured yeah, that out afterwards. that's true. He might have kind of known, though. Maybe. No, I don't I don't think he even suspected. He found out from his spies, like, immediately after that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I do kind of wonder what's going to happen I, with the I land. Mean, I think, I think that it seems like they both have almost uncannily good reads on the land here. They're both absolutely right in, when, in what they say. That's true. Um, Kelsier is, I would kind of say, he's kind of like consoling her after her breakup. Yeah, I guess. It, it's more in that kind of tone that it's not him saying like, oh, I think Elend is a great guy. It's more him being like, you know, I'm sure it wasn't because of you kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I guess. That, that's kind of how I read it. Less is like a serious thing, more of like a attempt at consolation mm. yeah anyway so as you said they they stop off along the way at a ska tenement indeed uh and uh the ska greet him lord kelsier lord of the mists <laughs> yeah so we, we, even even vin is like ah oh, that's a bit yeah that's vin is like weird. oh he, he he loves he loves them like they're little children it's it's not inaccurate though it's not inaccurate this really this whole uh, thing really rams home the like noble status that Kelsier has taken on. Yeah, like, he, he does care about the Ska. It's just... Doesn't care about them in the right way, maybe. 
Mm. He's also showing off his scars, which... So... I didn't... Did we know how he got the scars until, like, later in this chapter? We did, I think. Because that was... I must have just forgotten, because when that was like... I was like, oh... But we we should talk about that when we get to it. Yeah. Well, so... The description of the scars here kind of confused me a little. So... She says... They stood out starkly, running lengthwise up from his wrist past his elbows, crisscrossing and overlapping. So... He doesn't have... So do they start at his wrist? Not his hand? I, I thought he had scars on his hands, but this description really sounds like he doesn't. And I'm, I'm not really sure how to square that with... What we find out later? Well, I, I mean, we already we already knew this, that he's, he has the scars from the, the geos that, that you get. <laughs> yeah, he, he mentioned this, uh, I think, when he first described what it's like in the, the Adium mines, that you have to reach into these geodes. And yeah, you're... My hand sticks out beyond my wrist. Yeah, hands are wider than wrists. That so I don't see how maybe it's you like, wouldn't get cut on your hands. Maybe it's like, you know the way hands are like thinner than your arms? So maybe like he has it on the sides of his hands. Maybe. But he doesn't have it like on the back or on the palms. Yeah, that could be it. It's also possible that he's just wearing gloves or something. Maybe this description is misleading. Yeah. I mean, also, it's kind of just trying to show that they're going straight. So I guess saying starting on his hands and running up along his wrists and lengthwise yeah, to his true. arms, it, it's says, just a more clunky description. When it says running up from his wrists, it could just mean up past his wrists. Yeah, I think maybe describing it the way we're thinking of it might just be more clunky. So mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <sighs> that could be it. Um, anyway, so Kelsier's yeah. like, so House Hastings has fallen, and they're all like, ah. We're going to starve. <laughs> yeah, because they all work for a tasting. <laughs> and he's like, nah, it's good. I'll feed you for like a bit. But, you know, after that, I guess you're dead. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how it read anyway. Yeah, well, he says he, he says he's going to... Well, I think he says he's going to give them another shipment of food. So I think he's already been feeding these guys. Which maybe would mean that they're just going to be getting less food. Yeah, he does say, I'll send you another shipment of food. Uh... And they say you've done so much for us. So yeah, I guess I guess he knows these guys and has been feeding them already. Yeah, he does say later that he visits scat tenements like quite a bit. So mm, yeah, it's a, he talks about it as like his way to relax. Uh, I love to just go there and be appreciated. Yeah, go go among the the peasants and be worshipped. And they they really are like worshiping him. Yeah, they're there's a bit they're they're reaching out to touch his arms and cloak. Which you know what this reminds me really, of? Well, it really strongly reminds me of the Matrix. Jesus. <laughs> oh yes, that's true. They they, they do it. They do a scene a lot like that in the Matrix. But I think they're they're all they're also referencing Jesus. Like this is how in the Bible. Well, you've got, I mean, you've got these you've got crowds of people and they want to touch Jesus and like if they touch his clothes they get like healed. I mean, Neo is Jesus. Yeah, exactly. They're they're the Matrix is very strongly doing a a Jesus thing. I mean, I I hated that movie, but that that is kind of what I thought of when I read this. Yeah, we're talking about the Matrix two here. <laughs> Oh yes, yeah. Um, Revolutions. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the first Matrix also. It, Neo's name is Thomas Anderson. Anderson means son of man. Sounds like it means son of Ander. Yeah, Ander means man. <laughs> <laughs> Andros. Uh, specifically, he's Thomas Anderson because he's the doubting Thomas who doubts this false reality. Man, is that actually why he's called that? Yeah, I assume. It's not just your own conclusions. I mean, I don't know if the directors have said that that's why they gave him that name, but I'm pretty sure that's why. 
Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like like you said, it, it's not subtle. They, yeah. There's a lot of that kind of thing in, in those movies. Um, and that's kind of all that happens. There, yeah. I, think. I, I I I mean I I think it's we do. I get... think this is probably like a de- again a, de- a deliberate reference here because I mean we know we know. We know Brad Sutter is a Mormon. To be fair, I don't know like how much we should be reading into that. Like, I don't know anything about his I personal beliefs beyond the fact that he goes he's a to church. He's a Mormon. Like, yeah, I know he goes to church every Sunday. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. That that that's a little stronger. They leave and they go to their meeting. Yeah, with Marsh. I mean, actually, I do want to say one last thing about when he was in the te- the scat tenement. Was that Vin was there very uncomfortable throughout the whole thing? Yeah, she was like, she did not find it cool. Well, like she does say, like you know, oh, is it so wrong that they should have a, a lord that is a nice guy? Yeah, but she's still uncomfortable about it. Yeah, I mean yeah. that that is a problem. I mean, he's not treating them like the equals that he's rebelling yeah, for. Not, yeah. He's still treating them like slaves and servants, but just. More like servants, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine Kelsier winning and not ending up basically reinstating the same system. Honestly. Yeah, but just with more he's the, forgiving. He's laws. the new Lord Ruler, and like, yeah, the, the laws would probably be nicer at first. That's. I feel like that's about it. Honestly. Yeah. Again, all the members of his crew, except for like one. Are yeah, everyone except Doc Alamancers is, is noble, so has like, noble blood. Yeah, and and nobles are Alamancers. That's what that's what noble blood is. <laughs> it's it's having Alamancy. Yeah. So, like it it doesn't seem like Kelsier isn't going to recapitulate the same system if he wins, which uh, as as Vin reflects later is not looking super likely. He really doesn't seem to have much of a plan. But she does think that they'll have achieved good things. Yeah, she points out that just having found out about these secret soothing stations is a, is a big win for any future rebellions. Yeah. And toppling the houses. Well, yeah, but there have been house wars before. I don't know. Yeah, but she... You know, it'll take time for them to get back up. Sure. Sure. But I, I think I think, I think think she's thinking more in the longer term. Yeah. Well, she does see that as a win. Like, that is one of the things she points out specifically. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get to that, I guess. So, actually, so they, we, they go to meet Mar- skipped Mar- it. Oh, have we? Yeah, that was when she was with Book. Oh, okay, well. <laughs> it, was, it just wasn't something I felt we really need to talk about that much. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, um, I mean, the interesting part is coming now. So. Yeah, will we, will, we, will we talk about what happens when they go to meet Marsh? Because So, they go to meet Marsh, and they're walking up the stairs because they didn't want to take the window, because it would be fine. And they, they see the... The signal that he's left them in the window, and it's all—it's all great, you know. I mean, the obligators are gone. Everyone's gone. It's all perfect. They've got this, this great meeting set up. I don't—I th- don't think they're supposed to be gone. Actually, they, at least they, I think they think that they're asleep or something. Oh, well, they're not like. But they're, around. yeah, they, they, there's no there's no guards. Everything. So they they stroll in, swaggering up the stairs, thinking this is great. We're going to get some great information, and when they get near the door there's blood dripping down the stairs mm. yeah so Marsh is dead we we may as well stop beating around the bush 
crushed. He is he, obliterated. Yeah, he's... <sighs> I honestly feel like this is more gruesome than like when all of Kamen's crew was killed. I think you're right. He it, it, there's he's been absolutely torn apart. Yeah, his skull is crushed. He's like skinned. Yeah, he's been skinned. You know, his like bones are broken. Just mush. <sighs> Marsh is mush. Sorry. <laughs> he's really just been ripped to pieces. Yeah, flayed and dismembered. The head completely crushed. Walls were sprayed red. Vin Vin actually thinks, how can that much blood come out of one person? Yeah, I, I'm morbidly curious what order these wounds were inflicted in. Cause like, surely the head crushing wasn't first, right? I'd say that was last, yeah. Yeah. Like I think that would have been the very last thing they did. Yeah. I would also think that the flaying, maybe, would come later. Maybe it. Uh, I would imagine it starts with some punching, you know, gradually gets some bone breaking. Yeah. Then you start to get the point is ripped been, a bit. The point is he's been tortured to death. Yeah. <laughs> Horrifically. <laughs> um, so, actually, why has he been killed? Because we, we were wrong. I was wrong about the whole map thing, it seems like. Because our, our heroes haven't, that we heard, taken an action on it. Now, I mean, it's, it's possible. It seems like they just found him out. Yeah, so he ta- he to be a spy. We uh, he he's got a note hidden away that basically says they're on to me, um, but he doesn't like all he discusses having done is like ask too many questions about the obligate. Yeah, they were just suspicious, and then it, they went. It sounds like they went to the corrupt guy who claimed to to train him, and he probably spilled the beans that he didn't oh, actually train him. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. So they just found him out to be a spy, and were like, "You're dead." Yeah, yeah, okay, that's probably it. I do have to wonder if Marsh actually broke. Now, when they killed Kamen, I would imagine Kamen broke. Yeah. But Marsh... I just don't see him breaking before they kill him. I mean, Marsh... He seemed to be a very tough guy. He he did. I mean, he, he knew he and, I mean, going he, in that he, he was he, he quite knew. likely sacrificing his life. But. And I mean, I just feel like he would have known that he wasn't saving himself by giving anything up. So I just feel like he would have just allowed himself to be beaten to death. Thing is, I don't think torture is about avoiding death. It's about avoiding pain. I, I from from my understanding, you know, someone in like medieval times or whatever being tortured, they knew that if they confessed, they were going to be executed. But. The thing is that if you're being tortured, being executed is preferable to con- the torture continuing. I guess getting your head crushed will be pretty fast. Yeah. So I, ma- I imagine that's not a slow process. So did that happen well, after he gave uh, up names? I mean, I, I, at, at risk of being too, too gory, it could be a slow process. I mean, it could be, but I feel like it probably wasn't. Yeah. I, I just have the imagination of just curb stomped. Could be, could be, but... You know, especially when you're dealing with someone super strong as the method of crushing, it's kind of up to them how fast it goes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, and that was that was a, a method of of torture historically. Uh, head crushing. Well, not not specifically head crushing, but I know one of the uh, bone crushing Salem witch trial victims. I think I think the only one who didn't confess actually died that way. 
He refused to uh, indict anyone else uh, because they were... I, th- I think he was worried they would... Oh, I know, Armour Boy. It was because if he confessed, then his property could be confiscated as a, as a condemned witch, whereas if he held on through, the, through all the torture, his family would get to inherit his property. And how did they kill him? Uh, they put boards on top of him, and then they put rocks on top of the boards, and they kept putting the rocks on top of the boards. That's nasty. Yeah, it's not a pretty way to die, but, you know, respect to that guy for... Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a big part of the Salem Witch Trials, that the authorities could confiscate your property for themselves if you were cond- condemned as a witch. Oh, that's a horrible way to die. Yeah. Well... Out of respect for Marsh, I will just imagine that he died fast in that last moment. <laughs> yeah. Then again, um, he could already have been dead by the time they mushed his head. Yeah, in fairness, if... I mean, all of those are fatal injuries, so... Yeah, I mean, who knows when he actually died. Yeah. I do feel like a, a head stomp would be, like, the final act, and then they would, like, just mess up his body because they're gross people. That's, that's totally possible. So... Before, that's what I imagine. Before you pointed out that he mentions that they might have investigated his alleged uh, mentor. Yeah. I was thinking that the only thing he had done was ask around about the weaknesses of Inquisitors, which made me think that maybe this was just an internal dispute. They were like, oh, this guy is trying to... He's trying to find us out. He's trying to get... He's, he's trying to become a player and make a move against the Inquisitors. You know, because we, we know that there's a lot of internal conflict between... And that the Inquisitors think they should be higher up. Yeah. So, I mean, he he talk and he talks about that in his in his letter. That's like the closest thing to a weakness that he's figured out is just that they're more loyal to the Lord Ruler and feel like that should make them more powerful than it does. Um, he does he talks about thinking that they have some weakness. Yeah. So presumably that's going to come back. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things that was like, I'm so close, and it'll be up to our guys to figure it out. If that prediction I made, like, literally the first time we saw an Inquisitor, that they store their metals inside the spikes, and that's how they have, like, a constant metal supply. Yeah. If that's correct, then maybe those are their weakness, that you just gotta pull them out, and then they got no metals. Boop. Do they just have spikes in their eyes? Or do they have spikes other places? Um, I don't think we know. I think, I think we've only heard spikes in the eyes mentioned. I, I can't remember. Oops. <laughs> uh, okay. Should we? Should I just say what I what I think I know? I mean, I don't even know how accurate this is. Okay, we may as well say it. I I'm pr- I think we I think we were together when we saw a piece of fan art which showed spikes in other locations. Yeah. Um, then we again, don't that know. Could have we been don't know. Hypothetical we have, fan we have art. no idea if that's accurate. Uh, yeah. And I don't I don't think that spikes elsewhere have been mentioned, but. Yeah, I just couldn't remember. It, it, it does seem like it would be a plausible thing. Yeah. I mean, if you, can, if you can survive spikes through your brain... We don't really know why they have spikes at all, so... We don't. And honestly, as, pl- as convinced as I was of that theory when I made it... It doesn't really make any sense. Well, like, why would you want the metals in your brain if you absorb them through your stomach? Yeah. I mean, maybe you can absorb them from anywhere, and it's just... They gotta be inside you, but... Yeah, that does seem weird. Hmm. And why would you want them through your eyes at all? Well, I, I, as I, I think I said at the time, 
we know that the biggest weakness of Tin Eyes is that their senses can be too sensitive, as we get reminded of in this chapter. Uh, specifically, I was thinking, you know, we, we know that they can be blinded. Yeah. So, you know, being blind all the time might help you focus your Tin Eyeness. Yeah, maybe. That's a good point, actually. I hadn't thought about that. So, Kalsier kneels down and then points out that this is so recent that the Inquisitor could still be there, could still be around. Mm. So they jump out the window, not before grabbing uh, the table leg, which is there. Mm. Uh, so, when she first grabbed it, the first thing that came to my mind was that maybe it was like a token or a memento of Marsh, which doesn't really make any sense because it's a table leg, but that's what I thought of sentimental value. Well, I can see that it was, but then I realized (laughs) it would have made more sense for Kelsey to grab it. If that was the case, than for Vin to grab it. That's true. My first thought was that she was grabbing just a random table leg to use as a weapon in case the inquisitor attacked them. Cause it's, it's a non-metal weapon, uh, which is obviously dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously it's because it was Marsh's table leg that he hid things in. Uh, but that yes. and it, took it a moment did, to occur to me as we see very soon it did work out that there was a note in it yeah uh, a kind of useless note honestly yeah it was just kind of a goodbye almost like a just like a if you're reading this I'm dead situation yeah it was just Marsh saying yeah I think they're on to me uh, stuff like that didn't go on for that long so hmm yeah, you know, maybe maybe it was just because he was asking after the Inquisitors. Because he does say, "I fear that I've prodded too much. The Inquisitors tail me, watch me, ask after me." So oh, I prepare this note. I mean, maybe, maybe that maybe led the Inquisitors them... were just like, mm, "This guy's a bit suspicious. Let's kill him." Yeah, because like the thing is, like any any obligator who seems really interested in finding ways of making a move against the Inquisitors, seems like someone that the Inquisitors would not be a fan of. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happened, but uh, Kelsier concludes that they definitely tortured all the information that Marsh had out of him. I mean, it's a reasonable precaution. Yeah. So he's like, get Reno out, but I want him back. So just fake him leaving. Mm. And Which I, I'm pleased about, because it sounds like we might actually get the being that is for, was formerly known as Reno to do something as like a main cast member maybe for a bit and maybe like he'll actually, do something yeah actually doing something other than being Reno yeah um also he tells them to pack up the shop and to go to the secret hideout because only him and Docs knew about it yeah the backup layer I love how Docs knows like all this stuff but like he's just a regular guy that's true like he's like Possibly the most important member of the team, other than like Kelsier Vin. Mm. But he's like, he's the least powerful by far. I mean, he doesn't have any powers, and I just think that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. It is nice that he's he's risen to such a high station through sheer competence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did not expect him to have such a tragic backstory. To be fair, mm. it's, it, he he honestly, is... apart from Vin or Kelsier again, who are the main characters and are obviously going to have tragic backstories. He is the most tragic of what we know. For sure. Like, Ham just has a happy life with a family somewhere in a village. It's interesting that he went from 
a plantation scab, you know, presumably illiterate and generally downtrodden, yeah. to being, like, the quartermaster and all that. And to be able to fake being an oboe and stuff. Yeah. You know, hold his head high and be so competent. Mm, he seems very skilled. I, I, it's, it's, it's more the, his sort of business skills that impress me, because, like, how did he even get that education, honestly? I don't know. Through sheer will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he got it while pretending to be a noble? Or, you know, I mean, maybe it's just something he picked up on the job as a Working criminal. For, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I just think it's impressive that he rose so high. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely impressive. I don't I don't find Docs that interesting, but I just felt the need to say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, we switch to a different perspective for a few moments. Wallen. 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 I read. I read it as. I don't know how. I really. I'm supposed to pronounce it, but I'm going to say it as Wallen. That's how I read it as well. It sounds dumb. I prefer Wallen, but I think that would have a Y or something. Um. Honestly, Wallen maybe makes more sense. Yeah. I don't know. I I think I could see it being Wallen. Actually, that just didn't occur to me. Yeah. I mean, there's a character in another book uh, that I've mentioned on this podcast before. There's a character in Six of Crows that's called Wallen. And oh, but like, yeah, Waylon, yeah, that is a real name. Way spelled Lynn. differently. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. just. And so I read this as Wallen, but I don't know if I. It doesn't matter. He's not important. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'll see him again, honestly. Yeah. Um, um, so Wallen slash Waylon is. I'm curious how long it took you to figure out what's going on here because you had forgotten about the the crystal thing. Um. Let me see. Second, he said, "Must keep going." Okay, yeah. It's like a moment after I figured it out. Yeah. I, I figured it out from the fact that he had scrapes on his hands and was climbing around in the dark. Yeah, well, I thought it, and then I wasn't 100% sure, because I thought maybe this is going to be, like, an interesting character that has, like, his own thing. <laughs> but no, he said must keep going, and I was like, okay, he's just a guy in the pits. Yeah. Um, so, we get this extended POV from a guy in the pits, which is also Wallen. We already knew, yeah. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, Kelsier well Kelsier doesn't really rescue him he's already climbing out Kelsier just like yeah um, so says to him let's let's talk about Wallen a bit okay <laughs> Wallen is a deeply troubled soul he is a ska plantation worker who dared to steal food from his master or attempted to then he was sent to the pits. So that's Wallen's backstory. I, I really want to sing some, like, Les Miserables stuff here. You know, he was condemned only for stealing a mouthful of bread. And they murdered Valjean when they chained me and left me for dead. Just for stealing a mouthful of bread. I could not watch that movie. It was so bad. I quite liked it. I just, this, the constant, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. Yeah, that's the only version of <laughs> I'm familiar with, honestly. Yeah, um, but yeah, I like I like the movie. Um, okay, so what 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 depths of of well, its character do you want to bring out? I just I just thought I'd mentioned his deeply tragic backstory. Anyway, so he finds he finds the crystal thing. He sticks his hand in, and then he climbs out. Mm. Uh, interestingly, he doesn't know what he's getting. He just knows it's a Hathson geode. That's true. He doesn't know that it's Adian. Yeah. Kelsier is the one who tells him that it contains uh, a piece of metal and that it's really valuable. Enough to live on for years, apparently. I mean, we do know that this stuff is pricey even for nobles. Yeah, so. we, we knew it was it was valuable. Uh, 
and they're I mean in fairness they're buying little beads he, this guy has a big chunky rock well, thing it's got a nugget that's true we don't know how big the nugget is I'm just gonna imagine it's like I don't know half the size of his hand or something like a nice well, chunky it's, it's nugget in, it's inside the chunk of of crystal so a smaller but still chunky nugget yeah that's true I, I did actually picture something that was like I don't know like a quarter inch across or something which would actually be a huge amount from what we've heard yeah uh, that, I mean that's just what was in my mind though so he has a big chunky nugget of this stuff and he can be rich now and then we switched to Kelsier's POV yeah um Kelsier. His, his scars are burning which seems to be a thing in books yeah so doesn't really make any sense well, it is a thing that old injuries can hurt. Um, I feel like we're not going to get any deep exploration of the chronic pain that Kelsier feels from his injuries or any other downsides of them, which was something I was thinking about earlier, actually, when we were talking about whether his hands are cut up or not, because you would actually think that having a ton of cuts on your hands and upper arm would probably end up impairing their function. I mean, like, there's a lot of delicate stuff there. A lot of muscles and... Depends how deep the cuts are. Tendons and stuff that are quite, you know, fiddly and delicate. Yeah, but it does but they're depend. deep enough to, to leave scars. Yeah, but I mean, that's from two years sure, of doing it over and over. So we don't know that they're deep. We just know that they've been repeated. Uh, maybe. And anyway, deep enough to leave a scar isn't necessarily deep enough to do anything serious. Not necessarily, but it it seems to me that hand scar <laughs> yes I- I'm aware that it's possible to get a scar without doing any <laughs> functional damage but I don't know I-, I just think it would be quite likely that if you were constantly getting your hands cut up like that you would end up with some issues with your hands eventually and I mean apparently he does at least you should pain in them when it's dramatic what I don't understand is how these guys can go down and do it like so often because I mean wouldn't their hands just be constantly bleeding at all times? Yeah. Well, bear in mind that they only Wouldn't seem you get to infections? Find... Wouldn't you just die? Yeah, you would think it would get infected. It does... Bear in mind, they're only finding, like, on average one a week. Or a little more. Still, though, I mean, that's not even enough time to heal. Yeah. Before you're cutting up your hand again. Because it's not, like, consistently seven days. And seven days won't heal something that's going to scar. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, this and this guy does have scrapes on his hands. That's yeah. Right. So. That's true. I mean, you have the scrapes of climbing down as well. I mean, I just feel like you wouldn't be able to do it over well, and over. Well, maybe those scrapes are actually just from the last one he found. I I got the impression that scrapes are from crawling down. You know, like getting yeah. like just. Yeah, that's definitely not going to help. Proper scrapes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know how long you could really be doing that for. I mean, these guys are basically treated as disposable, in fairness. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, but I do on the think other hand, it's interesting that uh, for years. I do think it's interesting that they don't clear out the bodies? Uh, because surely, at some point, the bodies would just be blocking bits where there would be crystals. Maybe. I mean, think about it. That there was whole bodies in there. It seems like it'd be a lot of work to clear out the bodies. Maybe, maybe. And I mean, some of those bodies are only there because guys got stuck. So, if a if a heavier guy or a taller guy gets stuck somewhere that a, a smaller guy could get in and his body is just there, then you can't get there now. I guess they have been doing this for like a thousand years. 
Yeah, so there should be a significant amount. Maybe they do clear them out every so often. But I mean, yeah. Yeah, this maybe, guy's talking about how there's bones. Maybe once a century they say, okay, anyone who brings us a body also gets to live for a week. Yeah. And then they have a big clearing out session. Which would just create more bodies. Well, yeah, but like on... It, it's decreasing total number of bodies. Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully. Oh, uh, so Kelsier just wants to destroy the pits by stealing all the adium? No, see... Is that not what he's doing? No, see, he explains that the reason why they use Ska is because any use of Allomancy here damages the adium crystals. He should steal all the adium anyway. I mean, he should definitely steal some adium. Uh, but I guess he can't all use... Well, maybe he'll steal whatever stockpile they have. But bear in mind, he can't use his Mistborn powers down there without destroying any adium nearby, so... I thought he was destroying the adium... Is he destroying, like, the the actual adium itself? Because no, that wouldn't no, make he's, any he's sense. Destroy, he's destroying, like, the geodes around the adium. It's the, the crystals that have, like, formed... And then the, in the in the middle of all those crystals is one little nugget of, of pure adium. Uh, so I guess like I guess destroying them. I'm not really sure why that makes the adium unaccessible, honestly. But it seems yeah. like, well, he talks about destroying the pits. So maybe if he like shatters them enough with enough force, it actually starts collapsing all the the tunnels and stuff. The whatever kind of fissure these things are inside. Yeah. So, like, th- there's no way he can use his Alamato powers to collect Adium. That's that's the whole point of this thing. Yeah. Um, but he can definitely steal the Adium they've already collected that they have there, which is probably a huge fortune, actually. Yeah, so... Kelsier's rich no matter what now. Or he should be. Yeah, well, actually, yeah. They thinking about, like, there's a lot of these slaves, and, again, they're finding, on average, a little more than one a week. So... There's got to be at least a fair few of these nuggets piled up. Yeah, like, should be like a few hundred, right? Yeah. So Kelsier should have as much ADM as he'll ever need. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's the end of the chapter. Yeah, it is. Uh, he's already killed all the guards, so... <laughs> well, he killed most of them, he said. Yeah. All the ones that got in his way. Yeah. <sighs> now he's going into the pit, so it's not like they're going to follow him, so... I guess... So, I guess this is also going to distract the Lord Ruler's forces, possibly, for a bit longer. Yeah, the garrison and the other things. Mm. Uh, One possibly unintended side effect of this that occurred to me is, so House Venture, on the one hand, the Lord Ruler's not going to be happy with them. Yeah. But on the other hand, whatever adium they they have, which is probably a fair amount, because they're the guys who sell the adium onto the Lord Ruler, uh is now way more valuable because the only source of it is gone. You think they're going to charge Lord Ruler more? Well, I just think in general, Adium prices are going to skyrocket and I feel like that could benefit the house that mines the Adium. And also the Lord Ruler. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And also the Lord Ruler, the guy with a monopoly on Adium. Yeah. And I guess also Kilsir, the guy who has a sack of Adium now. Um, and anyone with a stockpile of adium. Yeah, and in fairness, Kelsey's grand plan is to seize the adium stockpile, so in the long run, this is actually a huge benefit to his plan. Yeah. Now he could just he could just burn adium for, like, the whole fight. Maybe. Like, you know the way they're, like, fighting in, like, 30 or a few minutes? Yeah. I mean, he could just... He could 
theoretically just burn adium for like hours. Yeah, it, and it, just stay ahead of the it game. It honestly feels surprising that the Inquisitors don't use adium more. Yeah, I guess it's expensive. So they, I guess it is expensive. But like when you've got when you've got Mistborn in the palace, right by the magical artifact of MacGuffinness, we assume. Uh, you would think, like they stole the Lord Ruler's diary. They stole his diary, and they're reading it and showing it to all their friends. <laughs> I mean, okay, it's a religious artifact. Like they, the church already knows everything in it, but it still seems like bit of a big deal. An emergency where you might burn some adium, especially when you guys have plenty of adium. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Depends how greedy Lord Ruler is, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is still a fortune every time you burn Adium, so. Like, literally, burning like one 30-second bead is like a lot of money. Mm, yeah. I have no idea how much money, but it's a lot of money. I'm sure the Mistborn RPG has a precise table of prices. Yeah, but I mean, I hope they also have like the amount it costs in normal currency like because we don't actually know how much a boxing is uh that's true i mean i imagine like they imagine they treat them like D D gold pieces you know maybe but then again like even things like harry potter money like the guesses for how much they're worth very wildly yeah yeah that's like, true like you see variations on how much a gold galleon is worth from anywhere to five to twenty or 50 euro, you know, so... Yeah, well, I know I did some math once, and I figured that a, gold, a G&D gold piece should be worth a few hundred euro or dollars or whatever. I mean, at that at that point, it's it's vague enough that it doesn't really matter which of like the I've main currencies. I have been ripped currencies. off in some of your D&D games. <laughs> yeah. It does seem like a lot, doesn't it? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, but, I mean, in fairness, all D&D characters are pretty rich. Yeah, I guess... I guess if you're an adventurer, I mean, you're getting paid, like, chest of gold so well yeah that's the funny thing sacks of like, gold I don't know even, even in D&D you're never actually gonna get enough gold to be like as much gold as you picture this conversation plus having just watched Stranger Things makes me want to play D&D mm, this is uh, this is something I think that any, anyone who tries to do any math about like fantasy currency has to reckon with because like a dragon's horde is like in in Lord of the Rings, that that's more lot. gold than has ever been mined on Earth. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, definitely. That's <laughs> a lot of gold. Like, there's only been a few Olympic swimming pools worth of gold ever mined. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and Smaug has. Yeah, he's got like a huge, got like a huge room that he's swimming around in the gold in. I don't know. I just feel like we do, we have no gauge on the currency in this world, and we have no gauge on how much how rich anyone is or how much money anyone's actually spending. So, yeah, that's all true. I mean, we've we we tried to do some maths earlier on to try guess stuff, but we we don't really know how much anything is worth. Yeah, like, well, we, we we don't know how much uh, Vin bought Cliss off for. And we can assume it's a lot, but was she paying her thousands? Was she paying her hundreds of thousands? Yeah, we didn't get any figures there. But even if we had, they would be kind of meaningless because how much is a blackmail secret worth However of being much. a misborn. Like, that's that's totally abstract. Yeah. I mean, she gave her that 
necklace, I guess. So we could probably guess mm-hmm. how much that is. Well, if I remember right, we tried to figure out how much that necklace was worth when Vid first got it, and it was like, oh, this is possibly one of the most valuable things I've ever heard of. <laughs> we, we, I, I, if I remember right, we had a few different like ideas of how much it might be worth. Yeah, I mean, when we were looking up, it was like hundreds to thousands. Yeah, so like it 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 was it's a valuable necklace, uh, and that wasn't that was just a down payment. So <laughs> yeah, who who knows how much they spent uh, yeah. keeping that secret? <sighs> Which honestly, I mean, if house rhinos were cheating, that secret doesn't seem that important anymore. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, uh, but but it also in fact it also helps maintain Vin's cover in yeah. the long term. Um, yeah, one well, one figure I tend to go to when it comes to fantasy currency is in, like, the Roman Empire. One silver talent. That kind of period... You, you know, that that's mentioned a lot in the Bible. Right. Um, that's like a day's wages. It's one silver coin. Uh, one talent, one... Uh, whatever the Roman ones... I, I can't remember what the name of the Roman silver coins was, but... I have a Roman coin somewhere. Uh, and that, again, that would be like, you know, around like very roughly a tenth of uh, a gold coin. I, I, I don't want to give D&D too much credit there, but that's very, very roughly accurate. Um, Roman silver coin. Let me just Google that. going to bother me if I don't. Denarius, that's it. Like Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> <laughs> nearly, nearly. Uh, yeah, so that's like a day's pay for like uh, an unskilled laborer. Um, if that gives you some, but that's, that can be a bit misleading because labor is worth more nowadays than it used to be because you can get a lot more done. Um, but like if you, if you picture the, the average peasant, if they're getting paid, which obviously if they're a serf or a slave or a scab, they're not, but if they're getting paid, they're maybe getting paid one silver coin a day, realistically. Yeah, I mean the scat get paid in like food tokens. Yeah, so. the scat aren't the scat aren't getting paid paid, <laughs> but uh, like if they were, that's what they might be making. So like, if you figure, and that that, that which means that that's, you know, a little bit more than what they're spending probably as well. Yeah. Uh, so like that guy who was getting enough to live on for years. You could maybe ballpark estimate that that's, you know, maybe a, th- a thousand silver pieces, whatever the silver pieces are called in this world. I don't think we know. Um, we know boxings. I don't know if we know anything else. Yeah, I, I think we know boxings are gold, right? Actually, we do know the other ones. I don't remember them, but we do know them. Like, I think we were There talking. is at least one more than we know, but I don't think we knew what it was made of. Um, but re- regardless, I mean, like, from that, you could figure out roughly how much an adium geode is worth very roughly maybe but uh we don't know how much is in those so that doesn't really tell us anything yeah um and of course we don't actually know that like the values of metals are at all similar in this world i get the vibe that they are especially from the fact that they're using gold coins but like it's totally possible that actually well if nothing else these guys have superpowers, so they could actually be able to mine a lot gold a lot more easily. Clips. Clips. Ooh, they're called clips, are they? Yeah. Now that that feels like maybe those aren't coins. Because I know you hear 
you, you ever you heard the term pieces of eight? Yeah. That's a that's a silver coin cut into eight pieces. Oh. Um. Yeah. Uh. Did Did you ever play God of War? Yes. Do you remember that they were? You're always getting hack silver in that. Hack silver is literally silver that's been hacked into pieces that are like vaguely coin sized. So like yeah. you you. It's a it's a, a Norse term like a Viking loots like a silver plate and then you hack it up into ha- into hack silver, and then it's it's small and convenient to to trade around and then it's it's silver so it's priced by weight, so you 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 put as many bits of hack silver onto the weighing scales as pays the merchant what they're asking. Uh, so yeah, clips makes me think of that. Like uh, it's also it also makes me think of clipping coins, which is when you take a coin and clip off the edges, making it smaller. So, this is complicated. Because <laughs> the thing is, yeah, when, when you've got metal currency, it's not valuable because it's a coin. It's valuable because it's a conveniently sized piece of that metal that's standardized. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so if you clip the edges like that, people look at it and assume, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a normal coin. It's worth one coin, but actually it's not. Ugh. Yeah, that, that, and that's the sort of thing that gets you strung up because it, it, messing with currency that's got the king's stamp stamp on it that's guaranteed by the king that's treason wow yeah I never thought about that at all in my entire life <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I never will again <laughs> I wouldn't actually be shocked if clippings are something along those lines and not a coin yeah uh, or at the very least they could be a coin that maybe got its name that way but yeah maybe uh, whereas boxing is totally gibberish. <laughs> no idea where that comes from. Yeah, I... We weren't even 100% sure that the boxings were actual currency when we first... Yeah, yeah. ...started reading. When, when we first saw that, we were like, wait, what, what? what's this? Or at least I know I was. Mm. I was a bit confused until we started talking about it. Maybe, Maybe it's because it's, like, worth, like, a box of some other thing. A box of clips. Well, I'm yeah, because I'm thinking of pound sterling, which is originally a pound of silver. Sterling, not a pound of sterling silver, yeah, not anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and uh, I think those were what they call a coin of account, which is where like you just note it in your books that they owe you a pound of silver. Like obviously, no one is going around with a bunch of pounds of silver in their pocket. That's what you think. That would be impractical. <laughs> uh, but I could I could see, like, oh, this gold coin is worth a box of silver or copper or something like that. Yeah. Maybe that maybe that's where it comes from. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, m- m- these could easily be just random words that Bradis Henderson made up, but I wouldn't be shocked if he actually does have some, like, meaning in mind, because they sound purposeful, don't they? Yeah, I mean, it does feel like... It's not like the type of gibberish, like... Well, the type of gibberish you'd see in other fancy stuff. Yeah, like in, in D&D, you'll hear it's like, oh, this is a golden dragon coin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is, I mean, a silver sickle. <laughs> in Harry Potter, is a canut? That doesn't have a meaning, that's just... Yeah, they're, they're, I'm pretty sure those are just... Well, I mean, Galleon... And sickle is just alliteration. I don't know what cannot comes from. Yeah, uh, a bronze cannot. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, it is probably supposed to be pronounced a bronze knot, in which case it just kind of 
think you just think of something small, maybe. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, that's. I mean, it. I know everyone pronounces it cannot, but I mean, K's are usually silent, so. Yeah, well, my immediate thought. We all know. Is... We all know that Voldemort is actually supposed to be pronounced Voldemort. So. <laughs> yeah. No. Nobody cares what you want to pronounce things. Take care, Rolling. I. I mean, she doesn't care either. <laughs> she yeah. says that she's yeah, like yeah. yeah she she literally said once she was like i mean i i knew i knew nobody was actually gonna pay attention to that but that's how it i, I pronounce it mm, yeah i'm yeah the funny thing is it would have been incredibly easy for her to add a line just saying that when like it's harry hears it first he doesn't see it written down voldemore yeah and Hagrid would have had to be like oh it's with a t <laughs> Yeah, he's like, so how's that spelled? V-O-L-D-E-M-O-R-E. He's like, no, it's actually T at the end. <laughs> it's like, oh, I see. Yes, the T is silent, Harry. <laughs> ah, I see, so it's French, is it? <laughs> well, actually, I heard that it was some kind of weird anagram, but it's never really been... Nobody really knows. Yes, no one. no one's 100% sure about this one, Harry. <laughs> and then Harry's like... Well, that was weird. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Um, I, I, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I kind of want conversations like that to be in books yeah. and movies. Like, it's yeah. just be so stupid, but funny at the same time. Yeah, I mean, look, I I love exposition, and I, I know <laughs> not everyone does, but... Uh, damn it, I was definitely... It was definitely something else I wanted to say about currency but i completely forgot yeah it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter um anyway i mean we're done yeah we're done we've just been rambling for the last like 20 minutes (laughs) um Um, so favorites and least favorites yeah so what was your least favorite part of this chapter um i'm not sure how to feel about the fact that it's a time skip i don't know like maybe wouldn't have minded getting to see some of that stuff, but I mean, maybe it's for the best. Um, it's a long book anyway, so... Yeah. It's... It definitely feels like, oh, suddenly we're, like, at the point where our heroes are almost gonna have to make a move, right? Yeah. Um, it's coming close to the end. kind of a, quite, a, quite a jump. We have, like, less than 100 pages left now, I think, so... Gosh, really? I think so. I can check. This is what I get for using an ebook. I never have any sense of these things. Huh. Yeah, you're right. I'm getting quite close to the end there. Yeah, I think we have about 90 pages left. Okay. Um, so we're probably only a few chapters away. Hmm. Yeah, so I I don't want to put that as my, as my least favorite thing. Um, but I, I think I'm going to have to, because I can't really think of anything else, honestly. Yeah, we're, we're, um, we're about no, 97 No, no, no. Okay, I thought of something. I thought of something. I didn't like Marsh's letter explaining a great length stuff we already knew. I mean, we didn't know about the corrupt guy that actually that that actually explained why he was killed. Maybe. I think he actually had mentioned that, but I, you're right. That at least is something. But just reiterating, oh yeah, and there's infighting and all that stuff. I mean, maybe this is like an intentional reminder because this stuff is going to be important. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, the letter did feel a little bit redundant, but at the same time, I mean, it kind of made sense. Well, it, it just felt like, why is Marsh writing this stuff down? He's already told them this stuff in person. Yeah, but it's like, an, in case I die, here's why. Oh, that rhymed. I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. Okay, but but again, 
they know this stuff. Like it could have, it could have just been a much shorter letter. Is all I'm saying. Maybe, I mean, <laughs> it was already a short letter. It was like four lines long. <laughs> well, it was only what it was. It was more than four lines long. Not in my book. Literally, like I guess my lines are, are smaller than yours, admittedly. Um. Anyway, that's that's my least favorite. It was a good chapter. There's not too much to criticize. What was your least favorite thing, Young? My least favorite thing. <sighs> Actually, might have been the very end where we get Kelsey's POV and he's like being all dramatic. He's like, Ooh, yeah, I did feel a bit melodramatic. I mean, that's the thing because that is a trait for Kelsier, but doesn't mean I have to like it. Mm. Like he was just there, like you hit me where it hurts. Now it's time to hit you where it hurts most, or something. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, when he said that, I did not expect him to go to the mines. And then he's like, I don't know, it's just a bit boring. I can't remember what I expected. I I just expected him to go off and kill some people. Maybe honestly, I think I might have. I think I might have guessed that was where he was going even before. I I I, honestly, I don't remember. But like, I can't think what. Why else... does this feel more like revenge for Mayor's death than Marsh's? <laughs> That's true. Um, I guess actually no. I I think I might have thought that he might have gone after the ministry. That's the only other thing I can think of. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what I thought, but I mean, that's not what I expected. Maybe those soothing stations. And anyway, it's it's not that I have a problem with his plan. It's that I just found him to be over dramatic. Yeah, I mean, this is a perfectly good plan. It's based on something we didn't know, but yeah. Uh, now that we do, it, it's a perfectly good plan. Um, so, so, what was your favorite part of this chapter? Again, it's it's tough. I'm gonna go with Marsh dying, <laughs> which feels that was your favorite too, huh? Yeah. I, I mean, it it feels mean spirited almost, but like I really like that this this character that we liked. I mean, I, I liked Marsh well enough. Uh, that that scene was also over dramatic, but I liked that. Yeah, like, it was over dramatic in more like a horror sense. You know, the blood dripping down the stairs, the just the body with like blood splatters everywhere. It's it's the same kind of sense that I get when Kelsey's talking, but in this in this case, it worked for me. Yeah, um, we uh, we we'll, we were going to get to a moment in our latest comment, I think. Yeah, but uh, I will I will say uh, in it, uh, the author Retro Rocket Twenty Four mentions that basically the last couple of chapters is when they tend to think of the end as starting. Yeah, and I mean at the time, obviously, I could see why, <laughs> uh, but. Like it really does feel like things are kicking into into high gear and stuff is happening happening with actual yeah, I mean, consequences. Really, it's it's been feeling like that for a while. But I mean, this is like not a main character, but a liked character at least, kind of a known, a more known character than anyone else really so far. Yeah, you know, this is more than Kamen dying or anything. This is this is maybe even more than the assassination attempt on Elend and Shan dying. Yeah, I think this this really raises the stakes. A, yeah, a and obviously now we have an angry Kelsier, so... <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, he's angry all the time anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how much difference that really makes, but... I mean, he's like a raging mm, Kelsier, although, though. Yeah, it, it's, and it's, it's worth noting, at the beginning of this chapter, he was maybe at his least angry. Yeah, we, that's he, true. These, these last couple of chapters... quite complacent. These last couple of chapters, he's been quite, like... Calm. yeah. And he's been sort he's, of nicer. He's been kind of, he's been kind of taking everything quite well. Yeah. Like when she tells him about, you know, who controls the Adim, he doesn't go into a rage like we thought he would. He's actually like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah. Thanks for telling and, me. And in this chapter, he's trying to convince her that maybe Elend isn't such a bad guy. Maybe he wasn't trying to be mean. Yeah. Like, good grief. Elend is a noble. <laughs> yeah. That's that's quite something from Kelsier. And, uh, well, that's may, gone. May, maybe that's God now, yeah. It seems likely that it's God. Um, maybe that's... I mean, from a story writing perspective, it would make sense to kind of lull his kind of anger and then to just strike it right back up towards the end mm, yeah you know i mean he's been quite aggressive throughout this whole story and just recently it seemed like he was coming to terms with everything and that he was calming down a little bit and then this happened just at the wrong time to yeah. spark him off completely um since a bunch of our predictions have been falsified recently i feel like i should bring up a prediction we made way back which is that uh, Kelsier's not going to kill the Lord Ruler at the end of this book. It's I, I think at this point, it's that's looking pretty. I, I, yeah, I, I can't. Think, I, I can't think make my this prediction. Pre- yeah, I can't make this prediction again. I guess, but I want to reiterate that it's definitely true at this point. Yeah, I mean, I know I said that maybe Lord Ruler wouldn't be the main bad guy, and that someone else would turn on them. And I think at this point, I mean, we'll only find out when we get to the end of this book. And honestly, only find out towards the end of the third book who's the real bad guy. But I do feel like there will be a big betrayal, and I don't know if it'll be in this book or the next one. But well, I just, I just feel like someone's going to turn. Look, Kester's definitely been shaping up to to to, to have a a turn. But I just, I just get that sense. You know, in this world, it's it's very backstabby, and to build up all these characters and to build up the sense of trust I just feel like it would make sense for there to be a big betrayal sometime well, yeah actually having said that the only way I could see the Lord Ruler dying at the end of this book is if we don't know how if Kelsier does figure out the 11th medal but Vin doesn't know and then Kelsier is the bad guy in the next two books yeah I could maybe see that happening actually yeah I mean I mean there's ways for anything to happen really at the moment but well, we'll I, just I have don't, to see I don't think there's time for the heroes to find out the Lord Ruler's secret weakness and then kill him with it. Like, that's... We're so close to the end of the book at this point. Like, you can't have maybe, the heroes maybe figure it out right at the end. Maybe Kelsier's secret within a secret within a secret within a secret is that he does know what the 11th medal, how it works, and that he's just been lying to everyone about not knowing. Or even that he's unsure, but he thinks he knows. That would be interesting, yeah. And that he actually knows, but he... He's such a power hungry mm, person. That's a good one. You want to make that a prediction? I I don't. I'm not. I'm not very confident in it. But I just. It's kind of more of a mm, I theory. Could, I could totally. Like, I could totally see that. Like, it's the big finale. Every, the the everyone's fighting. You know, maybe the Lord Ruler has like figured something out, and and suddenly Kelsier just got no turns choice. into a god. Yeah, and then Kelsier goes. I didn't tell you, but actually, I knew all along the Lord Ruler's secret. And then he, yeah, Trent goes into god mode and has an epic battle and beats the Lord Ruler and then does some dark thing that I makes mean, it we've obvious made so many conflicting predictions at this point. I, I'd say put it down. I mean, at this point, we've both predicted stuff about what the Lord Ruler is going to do and also that the Lord Ruler might not even be alive. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, it's quite clear we have no idea what's going on. Yeah. We're just predicting cool thoughts when we think of them. 
Yeah. I the, the, My reason for thinking that the heroes won't just straightforwardly figure out the 11th medal and kill the world ruler is... Who like, would be left to be the bad guy? Well, no, no. It would be Kelsier, but... You can't kill your villain with something that hasn't been foreshadowed, right? And obviously them having the the 11th medal is foreshadowed, but what a medal does is kind of arbitrary. Yeah. So to just go, oh, it lets you do blah, 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 and then that's how they win, that just doesn't feel like it would be a satisfying ending. Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, maybe Brandon Sanderson could pull it off, but my my read of of the narrative structure of the book is that that doesn't seem likely. Yeah, either something really dramatic is going to happen at the very end or he won't be killed at all. Yeah. That yeah. I mean, that seems fairly obvious for any story, but at this point now, I feel like we can say that concretely because there has not been a build-up to what the 11th medal does, as in the characters, like, finding out what it is. Yeah. Well, okay, having said that, it's possible that we've just missed all the foreshadowing of what the 11th medal does. That's true. I mean, foreshadowing doesn't always come into its own until something actually happens. I mean, sometimes you can see it, but... Yeah, the, actually, the biggest thing that springs to mind as possible foreshadowing is we have gotten a lot of detail on the magic system, and we know that medals come in pairs and stuff, so it's quite possible that the 11th medal is paired with one of the existing medals in a way that makes sense, and that could maybe be, like... Foreshadowing. Yeah. Um... Like, okay, so the we know the two noble medals, as we know them, are... Gold and Adium. Uh, yeah, and we know that they are both kind of, like, looking forward and looking back into the past, kind of. Kind of. Um, but usually there's also internal versus external, it seems like. Yeah. So, like... Maybe that last one is a triad? Well, no, I, I, I figure there's, there's got to be... There's probably four noble medals. And we just... No two, one knows yeah, now, the 12th. Yeah, like, it could be that... Like, maybe those are the two internal ones, and because they let you see into the future and the past. And then there's also two external ones that, like, let you rewind and fast-forward time in the real world, for example. And then... I don't know what that would mean, but uh, maybe... Maybe it... I don't know. Let's you... That doesn't. I, I'm. I, I can't think how that would let you do the stuff that the Lord Ruler does. So that probably can't be it, unless maybe maybe unless you burn metals faster. Maybe it's the other way around. Okay, yeah. So maybe they're maybe they're considered external because yeah. they they affect they both project like external sort of visions of the world. Uh, and maybe there's also a way to speed up your internals and like burn metal t- ten times as fast and gives you ten times as much eighty like yeah. powers. That that could be it. I'm, I'm I'm putting that down as a prediction, even though it's kind of kind of wild, uh, because <laughs> that was a hyper theory. <laughs> yeah, that 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 makes sense, right? Because if if it was that, then it, I think it would feel somewhat satisfying for the heroes to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, no, I I could see that. So, uh, but again, it's 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 possible that there's been some hints that we just have missed. Yeah, I I have heard. Like fans of Brandon Sanderson do consider him like a master of foreshadowing, mm. so maybe it's just gone unnoticed, and then we'll all become clear. Yeah, at the end. So I think that wraps everything else except our comment section yeah. or our post section. Indeed. So let's check the the mailbox. Uh, regular commenter Retro Rocket Twenty Four has a number of thoughts, and again, you can 
get your own thoughts featured on the podcast by uh, posting them on r slash Missborn where we post all of our uh, episodes. Obviously, in, in reply to one of our episodes, I don't, I can't read random things that are posted on our yeah. but only only comments on our podcast um or you could email them to us or whatever i'll give more details on that at the end of the show but so uh i, I think we can roll the several different points they made basically making fun of our predictions for being too obvious uh i, I feel like i should defend these a little bit right yeah um so we've been told that element, normal alamancy can't see through copper clouds. Yeah, we have. But also Vin thought that maybe they could, and they just hadn't realized it. So I feel like saying that she's wrong counts as a prediction, especially considering we made that prediction before she talked to Kelsier about it. You know, when Kelsier was shocked by it, obviously, that confirms that that's true. But when Vin is saying, oh, hey, if you actually, if you focus really hard, you can see through copper clouds. At that point, it seemed like, you know, she could have been right. She certainly thought she could have been right. Uh, so, yeah, maybe a little obvious, but that's right. Um, also, whether or not the house war had started, I mean, clearly it has started, but um, at the time, yeah, all we had seen was an assassination, which was already going on. Um, and it doesn't seem like people in universe count assassinations, even assassinations which wipe out an entire house as being a full-on house war. Like, nobody was destroying the keeps in yeah. full-on ba- pitched battles the way that they are now. So uh, I, th- I think I think that's a reasonable prediction. It, it could have continued at that sort of low level, like... For a long time. S- undercover gr- mode. It could have continued like that for a long time. It didn't, but it could have. So I think that's a, a successful prediction. Um, you wanted to say something about... Yeah, um... There's just one comment about one of our your no sorry your not great predictions <laughs> about uh, Alent having his own storyline now that he and Vin aren't talking, and they commented about how the Sawai book, of course, is going to have a love triangle, and just want to point out, I mean, it's not wrong. To be clear, uh, they're speaking from the perspective of someone who hasn't read the whole book, even though they have. They they do make a, a point. Yeah. That. So. That's um, not a spoiler. It's it's just a joke. And I I think I think it's totally plausible that Elend is going to have his own storyline cuz when are he and Vin going to be talking? Well, never. My only support <laughs> for We get that we get again in this chapter that Vin doesn't think that they that they want to talk. My only support for your strange theory is that this was not originally written as a YA novel from what I know. So, a love triangle isn't a trope Sanderson might necessarily have been focusing on because this was just a book rather than a YA specific book um, publishing it as YA was more of a marketing brand because you know that it was kind of publishing the, the rise of YA mm. so that's kind of the only defense I have for you there other than that I would imagine that if he comes back into the story he won't have a separate storyline so much as still being intertwining with Vin. Yeah. Uh, they talk a bit about the whole question I had about why small bits of metal seemingly aren't affected as much. Yeah. Um, obviously, they can't give an answer because that would be a spoiler. There's some dancing around there. Uh, but actually, in this chapter, now that I think about it, we do maybe get a potential answer in that ADM seems to be affected strangely by Allomancy. 
Yeah. So I guess maybe that's actually what was going on. They just didn't realize? Maybe. Maybe it's like... But it seems like it's more effective rather than less, so I don't know. Um, could be something to do with that, though. Uh, and they also give their own favorites and least favorites, which is cool. Um, and look, we're not covering every single thing that they say, so I encourage you to go read their comments yourselves. Okay, um, so that's the end of the episode. As I mentioned, you can reach out to us on Reddit, where we post all of these episodes. Um, we, you can also email us. Our email is podcastyoungadult at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, obviously, we read these emails, so don't send any spoilers, but we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, you can send us reviews on a lot of different podcasting apps and websites, and you can also reach us on Twitter, which is at podyoungadult. Uh, yep, so... Thanks for listening, and don't forget to read chapter 20... or 33. Yes. Chapter 33 will be in covered in two weeks, so... Yep. Make sure you've read it in all that little amount of time that we're giving you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll just about manage to read one chapter in two weeks. <laughs> Even if we sometimes seem to struggle. Okay. See you then. <laughs>